Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO, and I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, it's the time of year when early season ice fishing anglers are itching to get out onto the ice. And it's also the time of the year when safety cannot be stressed enough. While few anglers are walking and testing ice conditions as they go on some of the smaller northern lakes, success remains limited and caution should be in abundance. Some of Devil's Lake's smaller northern feeder lakes have ice, and Devil's Lake back bays are starting to ice over. However, Maine Devil's Lake still has open water. Other lakes across much of North Dakota are icing over, but again, extreme caution is a must. Be careful in areas with flowing water and vegetation and always test ice steps. The Missouri River tail race still has those low water levels and it's still making it difficult to get boats in and out. There's limited fishing and little success, including from the wing walls. Some of Lake Sakakawea's boat ramps have ice, so they can't get in and out, including the Van Hook Arm and upper end of the lake, where the narrower end is starting to ice over. With ice forming, waterfall either moved out of the state or are lounging on some of the open water of the Missouri River system, including the east end of Lake Sakakawea and the river itself. Many will stay as long as they can feed in open fields and rest on the water. Remember that the white front goose, ducks, merganser, and coot seasons close December 5th, but the High Plains Duck Unit reopens December 11th. Be sure to check the boundary for the unit, though. Pheasants are still in the heavy cover, and early reports on fur prices are indicating that there's a flat market out there for predator hunters. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, 
and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And we, we have with us joining us on this fourth and final segment of today's show, Mr. Scott Mackner. Scott is honestly better anglers that I know, full year-round anglers, both summer and winter, but he definitely is the best trapper that I know. Um, I think trapping is probably his number one passion. Scott, could you say that, that trapping is your passion? If you had to give up trapping or fishing, that, well, I'll let you answer. Oh man, I, gosh, I love them both so much, but I think, I think I'd have to, I think I'd have to stick with trapping. I've, I've been trapping as long as I can remember. I just, I just absolutely love it. You trap many different things, but one of your passions is trapping beavers, whether it's uh, nuisance beavers or just for the sport of it, or back in the old days, you know, for, for the fur fur prices which i'm guessing is uh pretty much non-existent now but and this is your second time on gone outdoors talking trapping the first time was a general overview this time we want to get a little bit more details for somebody that's actually out doing it for somebody that's really really thinking about getting out and doing it get a little bit more in depth into how to do it you know first of all is the equipment you need a trap what are we talking about? If, if we're going to go and trap some beavers, what do we need to get for a trap? There's two basic traps, you know, that I should say the two go-to traps that I use. Um, most people, the simplest way to go is a 330 kind of bear. I would say, you know, probably 70 to 80% of the beavers are caught, you know, are caught in a 330 kind of bear. Which is a full body trap, correct? Well, there's there's a couple different brands. There's Duke, Belial, um, Victor, BMI. There's all kinds of tra- there's all kinds of different brands, but it's generally it's a it's a ten inch by ten inch trap, depending on which brand you buy. Uh, Duke is actually a nine by ten, but yes, exactly, it's just a square a square jawed trap. So, what's the other one that you use besides the Conabear? A size number four foothold trap is what it is. Um, People have different names for them. There's like a MB750. Duke has a number four, uh, but generally it's, it's just a very large foot trap that you set. Okay, so now we went out and we purchased the trap. Probably I would think, and I don't know, because I've never done this, and I got to believe that location is probably just as important as it is, whether you're deer hunting, whether you're duck hunting, whether you're fishing, location, location, location. What are we looking for? Where do we want to put these traps at? Well, depending on the state you're in, you know, there's certain regulations on the areas and places you can set these traps. But here in Minnesota, generally, you'll look for their lodge or their den where they're going to hold up for the winter. Um, you'll you'll probably 95% of the time, you'll just see a large pile of brush out in front of it. And it's always a big pile of mud on the shoreline with sticks or so on and so forth. And uh you know, the meaning of that is there's there's entrance and exit holes into this lodge where they can swim out and access these feed piles that they feed on throughout the wintertime. And setting these conibears inside of these runs that they travel is probably the easiest way to catch beavers. You uh, When you were on before, it was springtime, and we were talking about spring beaver trapping. 
Is, is there a range of dates where the season is open? Is there a time that you target as far as uh, when you're going to have your traps out? Is it year-round, or just kind of how does that work? Uh, around here, um, the northern season opens, I believe, October 26th. I, I just, my rule of thumb is November 1st is about the time I start trapping. The beaver don't get fully prime. You know, their pelt isn't worth, you know, the maximum amount until roughly after, like, December 15th. You know, like like we like you'd mentioned earlier, prices aren't that great anymore. Um, you might get eight dollars for a beaver now, and maybe fifteen dollars once the uh, winter time hits. And I'll usually trap up until the snow gets too deep on the lake for you to be able to, you know, uh, in the winter time. I actually go around these lodges and chop holes in the ice, and I'll get in with waders and actually set these runs, you know, like that through the ice. But once the snow hits and it gets too deep to travel and stuff, that's about the time I quit, which is usually, you know, middle to late February. <clears throat> if somebody's got a pond that has a, a beaver den in it and they can see a, you know, a couple of spots where the beavers are going up and down the shoreline getting food, how many traps are you going to set on that? It, one relatively small pond with one beaver hut. How many traps are you going to set in there? Are you going to set different types? Are you going to put them in different locations? Um, kind of break that down for us as to what the trapper needs to do. What he needs to look for. Uh, so this time of year, you know, in the fall, beavers are getting ready for winter. They're cutting down as many trees as they can and they're stashing them out, you know, to use their, as their, their winter time food supply. And what they're doing is, um, you'll notice, um, on a beaver pond, there'll be certain areas where the beaver will have trails leading from the water up into the woods where they're cutting these trees and they're dragging them down into the water. And they're very prominent. They, they generally kind of look like a, a gutter in a bowling alley. Um, and those are prime locations where if, even if there's, let's say, four or five different areas, I would set a conibear at all those areas right as it goes into the water. Um, and, that, and those are routes that they travel every night, you know, basically all the way up until freeze up. So do these traps need to be anchored? I, I'm guessing that, you know, these bigger ones, I'm sure, are pretty heavy, but they still got to be anchored down somewhere. Otherwise, they're just going to disappear. Yes, I, you know, in my in my younger days, I've actually lost a trap or two because I didn't anchor them quite, quite possibly um, good enough. But uh, nowadays, I run, I have like six feet of adjustable airline cable um, that I put on my traps. And I run them to a, uh, like a 36-inch re-rod T-bar stake that I I build in our shop here out on the highway, but it'll be a T-bar stake. And I've also used wire that you can buy at the hardware store. Um, and you just need to anchor these traps to something fairly solid. I've even trapped, I've even anchored them to tree branches in the water, just something that, you know, the beaver can't readily pull away. You know, once they get caught in that trap, they, they expire fairly fast, but they can get, you know, if you weren't to anchor them, they could get 15 or 20 feet from the original spot. So, and once you got the trap set, how often do you have to go back? I got to believe there's requirements where you have to be back, uh, you know, within so many days. But um, how, what is realistic that you should probably go back and check those? I personally, like once I set up a, an area, if it's a brand new area, I will go back um, every 24 hours and check for, say, three days in a, in a row. By then, you have the majority of the beaver you're going to catch out of there. But I, I believe... In Minnesota, you can 
it's a a 72 hour i believe that's what it is a 72 hour check period on these traps as long as the trap is capable of killing or dispatching the beaver um you know like a snare or something like that would have to be checked daily but traps that are able to drown them or or you know dispatch them instantly are like a three-day check Hey, Scott, if people, and I know you put up a lot of social media content, a lot of YouTube stuff, if people want to find you, find out more information, because you got a lot of how-to stuff on there, where can they go to find that? Uh, if you look on YouTube or Instagram, just look up 330 Maniac, um, or on YouTube, if you type in beaver trapping, a lot of my videos will just pop up, but my uh, my channel name is 330 Maniac, you can find me there. All right, sir. We appreciate a few minutes of your time. Thanks for coming on Gone Outdoors. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time. I'm Doug Lear, reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra. From Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And we, we have with us joining us on this fourth and final segment of today's show, Mr. Scott Mackner. Scott is honestly better anglers that I know, full year round anglers, both summer and winter, but he definitely is the best trapper that I know. Um, I think trapping is probably his number one passion. Scott, could you say that, that trapping is your passion? If you had to give up trapping or fishing, that well, I'll let you answer. Oh, what would man. you pick? I, gosh, I love them both so much, but I think I think I'd have to. I think I'd have to stick with trapping. I've I've been trapping as long as I can remember. I just I just absolutely love it. You trap many different things, but one of your passions is trapping beavers, whether it's uh, nuisance beavers or just for the sport of it, or back in the old days, you know, for for the fur fur prices, which I'm guessing is uh, pretty much non-existent now. But And this is your second time on Gone Outdoors Talking Trapping. The first time was a general overview. This time we want to get a little bit more details for somebody that's actually out doing it or somebody that's really, really thinking about getting out and doing it. Get a little bit more in-depth into how to do it. You know, first of all is the equipment. You need a trap. What are we talking about? If, if we're going to go and trap some beavers, what do we need to get for a trap? There's two basic traps, you know, that I should say the two go-to traps that I use. Um, most people, the simplest way to go is a 330 con bear. I would say, you know, probably 70 to 80% of the beaver caught, you know, are caught in a 330 con bear. Which is a full body trap, correct? Well, there's there's a couple different brands. There's Duke, Belial, um, Victor, BMI. There's all kinds of tra- there's all kinds of different brands, but it's generally it's a it's a ten inch by ten inch trap, depending on which brand you buy. Uh, Duke is actually nine by ten, but yes, exactly, it's just a square a square jawed trap. So, what's the other one that you use besides the uh, Conabear? 
a size number four foothold trap is what it is. Um, people have different names for them. There's like a MB750. Duke has a number four. Uh, but generally, it's, it's just a very large foot trap that you set. Okay, so now we went out and we purchased the trap. Probably, I would think, and I don't know, because I've never done this, and i got to believe that location is probably just as important as it is, whether you're deer hunting, whether you're duck hunting, whether you're fishing, location, location, location. What are we looking for? Where do we want to put these traps at? Well, depending on the state you're in, you know, there's certain regulations on the areas and places you can set these traps. But here in Minnesota, generally, you'll look for their lodge or their den where they're going to hold up for the winter. Um, you'll you'll probably 95% of the time, you'll just see a large pile of brush out in front of it. And it's always a big pile of mud on the shoreline with sticks or so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, the meaning of that is there's there's entrance and exit holes into this lodge where they can swim out and access these feed piles that they feed on throughout the wintertime. And setting these conibears inside of these runs that they travel is probably the easiest way to catch beavers. You, uh, when you were on before, it was springtime, and we were talking about spring beaver trapping. Is is there a range of dates where the season is open? Is there a time that you target as far as uh, when you're going to have your traps out? Is it year round, or just kind of how does that work? Uh, around here, um, the northern season opens, I believe, October 26. I, I just, my rule of thumb is November 1st is about the time I start trapping. The beaver don't get fully primed. You know, their pelt isn't worth, you know, the maximum amount until roughly after like December 15th. You know, like, like we, like you'd mentioned earlier, prices aren't that great anymore. Um, you might get $8 for a beaver now and maybe $15 once the uh, winter time hits and i'll usually trap up until the snow gets too deep on the lakes for you to be able to you know uh, in the winter time i actually go around these lodges and chop holes in the ice and i'll get in with waders and actually set these runs you know like that through the ice but once the snow hits and it gets too deep to travel and stuff that's about the time i quit which is usually you know middle to late february <clears throat> if somebody's got a pond that has a, a beaver den in it and they can see a you know a couple of spots where the beavers are going up and down the shoreline, getting food. How many traps are you going to set on that? It, one relatively small pond with one beaver hut. How many traps are you going to set in there? Are you going to set different types? Are you going to put them in different locations? Um, kind of break that down for us as to what the trapper needs to do. What he needs to look for. Uh, so this time of year, you know, in the fall, beavers are getting ready for winter. They're cutting down as many trees as they can and they're stashing them out, you know, to use their, as their, their winter time food supply. And what they're doing is, um, you'll notice, um, on a beaver pond, there'll be certain areas where the beaver will have trails leading from the water up into the woods where they're cutting these trees and they're dragging them down into the water. And they're very prominent. They, they generally kind of look like a, a gutter in a bowling alley. Um, and those are prime locations where if, even if there's, let's say, four or five different areas, I would set a conibear at all those areas right as it goes into the water. Um, and, that, and those are routes that they travel every night, you know, basically all the way up until freeze up. So do these traps need to be anchored? I, I'm guessing that, you know, these bigger ones, I'm sure, are pretty heavy, but they still got to be anchored down somewhere. Otherwise, they're just going to disappear. 
Yes, I, you know, in my, in my younger days, I've actually lost a trap or two because I didn't anchor him quite, quite possibly um, good enough. But uh, nowadays I run, I have like six feet of adjustable airline cable um, that I put on my traps and I run them to a, uh, like a 36 inch re-rod T-bar stake that I, I build in our shop here out on the highway. But It'll be a T-bar stake, and I've also used wire that you can buy at the hardware store. Um, and you just need to anchor these traps to something fairly solid. I've even trap, I've even anchored them to tree branches in the water, just something that you know the beaver can't readily pull away. You know, once they get caught in that trap, they they expire fairly fast, but they can get you know if you weren't to anchor them, they could get fifteen or twenty feet from the original spot. So, and once you get the trap set. How often do you have to go back? I got to believe there's requirements where you have to be back, uh, you know, within so many days. But um, how, what is realistic that you should probably go back and check those? I personally, like once I set up a, an area, if it's a brand new area, I will go back um, every 24 hours and check for, say, three days in a, in a row. By then, you have the majority of the beaver you're going to catch out of there. But I, I believe... In Minnesota, you can, it's a, a 72 hour, I believe that's what it is, a 72 hour check period on these traps. As long as the trap is capable of killing or dispatching the beaver, um, you know, like a snare or something like that would have to be checked daily. But traps that are able to drown them or, or you know, dispatch them instantly are like a three day check. Okay, Scott, if people, and I know you put up a lot of social media content, a lot of YouTube stuff, if people want to find you, find out more information, because you got a lot of how-to stuff on there, where can they go to find that? Uh, if you look on YouTube or Instagram, just look up 330 Maniac, um, or on YouTube, if you type in beaver trapping, a lot of my videos will just pop up, but my, uh, my channel name is 330 Maniac, you can find me there. All right, sir. We appreciate a few minutes of your time. Thanks for coming on Gone Outdoors. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.